Welcome to episode 10 of the Lalo podcast. Today's guest is perfect for episode 10, not only because I feel he has an incredible story, but because episode 10 is our first baby milestone. We have 10 episodes, 10! And Jacob's energy and words of wisdom really speak to the idea of creating something out of nothing, accepting every rebirth, and allowing said thing to develop authentically, which I feel really aligns with 10 episodes of this podcast. When we decide to fulfill our soul's purpose, we sign an invisible contract that sometimes says there's accountability in living authentically. And I'm learning we can go wherever we need to go, do whatever we need to do, but we always come back to what's true. That was so corny. It was really corny. It was corny. It was corny, but it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. So let's get into episode 10 titled Soul Searching. Let's yeah. start with another start cheers. With cheers. Thank you. Thank I love you. These glasses too, by the way. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming because I have to say, I didn't think you would do it. Not because you were a little, I think it's a big ass to ask somebody to come on a podcast. But when I first met you, you, sh- you saw a version of me not many people see. You saw my angry side. <laughs> do you remember that? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I remember. And I was, I was pretty embarrassed. But can I tell you why I asked you to be my guest? Yeah, please. So when I first met you, I was like, the first thought that I had was he is so handsome. I was like, Thank you. he is literally so handsome. And then... You're pretty quiet, but I felt like you had a lot to say, but you like your your stillness spoke really like a lot. And when it was me and Josh and Nick and and you at the table, I wanted to tell them both to shut up so I could listen to you speak. (laughs) And I don't know. I just even though I like freaked out and had that angry moment, I didn't feel like judged by you. So I want to apologize because I did not apologize that night. Of course. No worries. We've all been there. It happens. It happens. I've definitely been there. I think like four people in my life have seen me get angry. So you got like a front row seat. I love it. I love that we just got it out right at the front. Yeah. So you know my limits and that it doesn't happen often. So that's pretty good. Oh my God. Yeah, of course. But um, no. And then I just kept thinking about you like when I was like developing the podcast and I went to your Instagram a few times and I was like, I'm just thinking about Jacob. I don't know why. Like this doesn't happen often. But I asked Josh, like, do you think you would do it? And he was like, probably. And just to see like you from when I met you to how you've evolved. I want to know more about you. So I appreciate you agreeing to do this and being open to do it. Of course. Well, I'm super appreciative that you asked me. And it's funny because it is kind of outside of my, it's definitely outside of my comfort zone, right? Whenever we were talking, I told you I was a little nervous Mm -hmm. and I was sweating and these other things, right? And, um, but I've also been in a stage of my life right now where I've just been putting myself in as many uncomfortable situations Mm. as possible. And so it totally aligned with that. And it felt like such a, distinct reason that you asked because I had this last week when you asked me I had a friend that um was supposed to we were supposed to meet up to do kind of like a spiritual reading Mm. and I was really excited about it but it was going to take a lot of energy and time and then I had um my acting class which we'll talk about later but um it was going to take up a lot of time and so I told Josh oh my god it sounds so amazing to Mm -hmm. do that but I just don't know if I have the space in the week to really you know give it everything it deserves and literally you texted me. I was sitting at Dialogue Cafe. You mm-hmm. texted me. Um, and my friend that was supposed to do the reading uh, basically said, we can't do that today. And no he way. was leaving town. And he was like, so we can't do it this week, right? And so I was like, 
You see how wow, life works that's out. literally a sign to yeah. do the podcast. Yeah. yeah. And then it worked out because Trey wasn't here. So I was like, yeah. we can move it to Monday. So I think it gave you and myself a little bit more time to prepare. Yeah. Life works out funny that life way. Life works out like I that. I love that. Yeah. So when I decided... I was very, like, I'm very intentional with the people that I have on each episode and, like, when I have them on the episodes. So when I called Josh and I was like, tell me a little bit about Jacob. I didn't want him to give me everything about you. I really wanted to know, like, very little because I want to be able to get to know you now. Right. But he did mention that you're an artist. Yes. And you are in. You mentioned that you do acting classes now. Yeah. So what? what, how would you describe your art? And what has acting been like since you've gone to L.A.? And what have classes been like? We're going to get into the other stuff soon, but I, I want to start. Oh, there. my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. No, it's a true discovery between us. Yeah. Um, so my art, I feel, um, you know, it's ever evolving. Like, I think, you know, people get a little caught up on this definition of artist, even myself included. Right. There's imposter syndrome that makes you say, well, I'm not really an artist, mm-hmm. you know, or or what is an artist, right? But um, it's just someone who creates, right? Yeah. Uses their imagination and creates. And so, um, you know, for me, when I was a kid, I, I did all kinds of different things from glitter and glue to painting to drawing, you name it, clay, glass blowing, like all kinds of different things I would explore. And I loved it um, ever since I can remember. But um there's different, there's different stages. So when I was in Austin, you know, I would describe my art as physical form. So painting and, you know, um, mainly painting, working with different types of paint. Um, but now I don't, I didn't bring any of my painting stuff from Texas to LA. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's totally shifting. So right now my focus is on a lot of digital stuff, like, um, video, a lot of short form video content. I've been trying to get into that and, um, really self-motivate my, myself to, to do it and to, to push my boundaries. Cause it's something I'm not as comfortable with and, um, and then doing the acting class. So that's kind of another form of expression that I've had a lot of fun with. And to me, it's still a form of art, right? It's using your imagination and creating, um, so yeah, that's kind of how I would describe it. Really, the word is evolving, I guess. I love that. Yeah. That's literally what this podcast is about, allowing like life to ebb and flow and allowing yourself to tap into other parts of yourself that yeah. there's no, you don't have to solidify being a creative person. You don't have to solidify the art that you do. Right. And I'm I'm always like really interested in people that produce visual art because I write, but like visual art to me is like a different world because you're putting out what you see. And I just feel like if someone put a gun to my head and said, draw a stick figure, I would die. (laughs) Like I could not do it. (laughs) So I'm always like super into people that, you know, do art. But you moved from Dallas to Austin. Yes. And then Austin to L.A. That's correct. I feel like they're all very different places. They are very different places. Yeah. I think people say Austin's a lot like L.A., but I don't feel like it is. Do you think it is? I don't. I, I would not. Uh, you know, that's like, I guess it's what, what side of it are you comparing? Right. Because there are a lot of creative things that go Mm -hmm. down in Austin, which is great. And I think that's why they probably compare it that way. But, um, very different cities, obviously, you know, it's a little more grungy compared to LA, but I'm curious. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Why did you move to these different cities and what did you expect to find out about yourself or what were you looking for within yourself? And what has your experience been like? going to both places, all three places. Oh my gosh, that covers such a span of time and growth. Um, Five questions in one. I love it though. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, I mean, I guess so basically there's kind of, there's kind of two parts. Why did I move to the city? And then what did I, you said, what did I? Yeah. Like, what did you expect to learn about yourself Mm -hmm. or what, what, 
what made you like what did you look for within yourself in each place and what did you learn about yourself in each place okay um so dallas you know i i graduated college and um the company that i had been working for was a commercial construction company um and so weird as an artist Right. Yeah. That that totally aligns, right, yeah, with being yeah. an artist. <laughs> um, <laughs> Completely. Yeah. And so I, uh, you know, I, I was working for a commercial construction company, and kind of backing up from that, this, the the reasoning behind Dallas was for that job. Mm. Um, but probably my theme for Dallas, if I said why I moved there, it was, you know, I was kind of going with the status quo. I mean, in, in college, I was um, a environmental design major um in the college of architecture starting out and it was it aligned perfectly with with what i would expect now for myself creatively um but at the time you know i was at texas a&m university it's a very you know there's a masculine culture there it's you know hunting fishing kind of t- yeah. down home roots Very which agriculture agriculture yeah. and which you know is a part of my upbringing and i love that and i and i think i was familiar with it and i and i could play that part and so i did and you know and and when i was in environmental design i thought oh my god this is so artsy yeah. this is not plausible this is not going to be a good career this isn't stable so i changed my major to construction science mm-hmm. fast forward we graduate i moved to um dallas to work for that company which um you know was a great job to have out of college um and i lived up there and you know, I, I was a gay man that um, wanted to, you know, I had never been like in love. I wanted to have like a love story and I wanted oh. to like, you know, make money. And I was so skewed on my perception yeah. of what I thought I would be making. And I thought I'd go to Dallas and buy a boat and, you know, go out on the lake. And little did I know that that's not what you do. There. It's expensive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And not yeah, what you do there time. either. Right. Yeah. It takes some time. Um, so I went there and, you know, I, I, I was playing that kind of role of like, you know, the full-time job after college. Mm. Um, I got into a long-term relationship there and that was a huge part of my growth as well. And like my life experience and, um, I wouldn't change, <clears throat> excuse me. I wouldn't change that for anything. Um, but it's still, at the end of my time in Dallas, I felt that I was, you know, I was, I w- I really wasn't being true to myself. You know, I, I had started to get back into art, but just something didn't feel right. I mean, I felt, I started f- experiencing anxiety and depression and these things that I had never really battled with ever. And I was so confused and um, having a first, my first experience with those things. And it just was, I was just trying to stay kind of, Float. I was trying, I was in reaction mode to the things that I was experiencing with mental health. And so really there was no other choice besides exiting. You know, I needed to get out of Dallas. I needed to change my path because I wasn't on the path that I was meant for. And I recognized that, but I could not dictate it at the time. I just knew I needed to get out. And so I did. And so going to Austin, you know, learning experience from Dallas, let's say, you know, kind of listening, sitting down and taking time to realize, you know, who you truly are and, and what you truly want. What, what do you want in five years? What do you want in one year? What do you want in one day? Right. What do I want to do tomorrow? Sitting down and, and, and thinking about your future is probably my biggest learning lesson there. Um, moving to Austin, you know, it was kind of back to my roots. I grew up in New Braunfels, so Ooh. it was very close to Austin, Texas. I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And um, home of the unicorns. Really? Yeah. 
perfect. Perfect, right? Perfect. Yeah, literally. Like, that could be your mascot. It was point. our mascot. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. And so um, going kind of back to the home roots, um, you know, I really, what I expected out of Austin was kind of a fresh start. Mm. You know, I wanted to get there and just live. I wanted to just kind of exist, mm. you know, and just listen and, and see what I wanted and kind of self-discover. And so um, I went there and I had an amazing year and a half there. Like I would not trade my time in Austin for anything. I loved it. I made some amazing friends. I had some great connections, you know, some of which have removed me on Instagram and we don't talk anymore, boo. but, but you know, it's like they were boo, right. But they were still an integral part <laughs> of my yeah. journey and it was all meant to be. And I'm so thankful for every last every last person that I met in Austin yeah. because um, there was so much growth there and so much self-discovery. I was painting a lot and I was starting to sell my artwork, which was really gratifying for me. And it felt, you know, fulfilling. And I was trying to align myself with kind of this creative side of me that I felt that I had strayed away from a little bit. And um, so Austin was a lot of self-discovery and, and just taking time to listen, whether it was my own kind of thinking to sit and listen or whether it was the universe kind of saying, Hey, you need to, I'm going to do these things to you to make you, you know, sit in your apartment and, and listen to things. And so, um, you know, Austin was a lot of self-discovery and, and learning about myself, um, getting into my passion. And then LA, you know, the reason I moved here was just, it, it, I feel like not to sound all woo-woo about the universe, but I just feel like it, the universe just plopped me here. I didn't really have a lot of say in it. It didn't feel like, you know, I just, me um, and my now roommate, um, we moved out here together. We were neighbors in um, in Austin and we came out here. He was working out here and uh, me and some friends came to visit. And uh, when we visited, other friends kind of suggested we come to our apartments. I sent like a Zillow message to the guy who had this place and next thing you know, we're like touring it and then the contract is being sent to us the next day and we're like, should we do it? What? Like, we're moving here? Like, how's this going? You know? And so, um, and we did. And then it was just kind of crazy like that for a while. Like, oh my gosh, we're moving to LA and like, I can't even believe it. I would wake up every day and just be like, I can't believe we're moving there. And and so it was really just kind of a meant to be thing. And, yeah. you know, ever since I've gotten here, I've had so many little signs that have just made me like stop and smile and just know that I'm here for a reason and that like I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. And it feels so good um, to kind of know that I'm on the right path. I love that. And so um, what I've learned here, though, has just been to take care of myself, I think, and to to really embrace my solitude when I need mm. to and, and feel that creative fire yeah. um, as needed. So... I love that. Long I mean, answer, but that no. was a big question. I love that you talked about like, um, there are a few things that you said that really spoke to me was going to Austin to try to li find ways to listen to yourself, whether that was sitting in your apartment or that was going out and doing new things. And I think it's really difficult to trust your inner knowing and know that like, it's not going to steer you wrong, steer you wrong, but you have to learn to listen to it. Totally. And also just, I, you said it sounded like corny or whatever that the universe plopped you here, but I'm a firm believer in that. Like you will be where you need to be. Yeah. And I think it, what would you say someone could do to learn how to start listening to themselves and listening to what the universe puts in them? That's a, it's a big ask to do. It's, it's not easy to, to listen that. to yeah. really what your instinct is saying. Right. Yeah, absolutely. 
how would I suggest that somebody does that? Um, that's a really great question. Um, you know, and maybe to anyone listening, you know, that, that needs to hear that, you know, I mean, I think that it, the simple form is just truly listen to your instinct. I mean, I think that we have, I think all of us have an instinct deep down inside of us that tells us what we know we should do. Um, and there's so many forms of resistance that tell us otherwise, right? Yeah. All of the forms of resistance that tell us otherwise. And they start barking at you and <laughs> yeah. yelling and yelling like the cat was yelling at us when we walked in. <laughs> Wasabi. Wasabi, you at, bro? Um, and so, you know, I think the biggest thing that I would say is listen to your intuition mm. and start to identify forms of resistance. Mm. Um, because my belief is that the things that are meant for you the most mm. are the things that you will find the biggest resistance to, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just follow your mm. intuition and, and it's, it really won't steer you wrong. Mm. That feeling inside of you will not steer you wrong if you just listen to it and break through mm -hmm. everything that's telling you otherwise. Do you feel like, did you battle with fear at all? Like you said you felt like the universe oh blocked you here, but what was like your inner, like your self-talk like? Was there fear behind any decision to go from New Braunfels to college, to Dallas, to Austin, to LA. Like I'm sure there, I, th I think there is always a little bit of fear, of but what did you do to combat that? So somebody knows that that voice is not real. It's the intuition that's real that you need to listen to. Another great question. Yeah. Um, of course I had fear. Yeah. yeah. I mean, probably with each of those stages and moves, there was, um, there was a substantial amount of fear, mm -hmm. you know, and like I said, resistance and, and things that were coming at me that um, I didn't really understand maybe at the time. But, um, you know, I think I think probably the biggest advice I would give to somebody who was experiencing that fear, experiencing that resistance um, is knowing that the most challenging things for you and the most and, and the hardest things you're going to go through, mm -hmm. the things with the most resistance, the things that scare the shit out of you, right, are going to be the things that grow you the most mm -hmm. and that are going to get you to where you want to go, right? You're not going to grow. You're not going to expand if you don't scare yourself, mm -hmm. if you don't put yourself in situations where you're experiencing a ton of fear. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's almost it. necessary to find your way. I, I always say, like, we talk about self-sabotage. But I think people look at it as like procrastination or they look at it as like putting themselves in situations that aren't the best for them. Mm -hmm. But I think we can also self-sabotage by doing the bare minimum because sometimes the bare minimum is good enough for other people, but it's not what we're, we should be doing. We should really throw ourselves into that fear and into that thing that is is hard. So absolutely, I agree with you. Absolutely, yeah. So something that I wanted to transition into was when I was looking, I learned that you do 75 hard or you have done 75 hard. Yes, I just finished it. You just finished yes. it. What, I understand like what 75 hard is and I think it's an amazing thing to do, but what motivates you to start something like that? Because when I did my research on your Instagram, I see you as someone that, has a ton of hobbies and really puts themselves out there. Like you snowboard, you surf, you really take care of your mental health. I just want to know, like, how do you stay disciplined? How do you hold yourself accountable to be able, being able to do that? Because I think as an artist or a creative person, it's easy to just like let life happen to you instead of taking control of it. Sure. So what What would you say that is? Yeah, the discipline for mm -hmm. that. Um, what motivated me and what's the discipline? How yeah. do I How do I stay disciplined? Um, 
You know, so really, this isn't, it's really not something I've shared a lot and probably because, again, just maybe imposter syndrome yeah. again of like, oh, I don't, that doesn't really pertain to me or whatever. <laughs> but um, something that was pretty pivotal in my life was when I was moving to LA, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I was packed up. Me and mm. my roommate, Jonathan, were packed up, both of our apartments. Uh, we lived at the same building. The movers were going to come Saturday. They were going to move our stuff. Mm-hmm. Sunday morning, we were going to hit the road for LA. And uh, we had a little going away party that our friend had thrown um, nice. for us. Thank you, Seth. Yeah, yeah. Seth. And shout out to Seth. I hope Seth. he watches this. Thank you, Seth. Yeah, Seth, <laughs> you're going to watch. And um, and so I was. All, we were all ready to go. And Friday, um, you know, kind of sparing the lead up to that, there had been, I'm pretty aware of my body. Like, I feel like I'm pretty aware of, like, changes in my body. Mm-hmm. And then I mentioned to you, I'm a little OCD. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm very hyper aware of yeah. things. And so... I started experiencing some just different things going on um, with my body. And so I was putting it off and putting it off and making every excuse for what it could be, self-diagnosing. And finally, again, the universe sent me a little sign to say, hey, go to the doctor and just, you know, check this out and see what's going on. And um, so I did. I, I Googled this specialist popped up, which also never happens. I was able to make a decision, boom, called. They had an appointment the next day. I went, um, the doctor said, oh my gosh, it could be 8 million things, but it could be something serious. So let's get you a CAT scan Mm -hmm. and let's get you a, um, like another type of test where we would put a camera. And I was like, oh my God. Like he was like, yeah, yeah, I was like, he could see me cringing in yeah. the chair. And he's like, "You." I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, I have a going away party mm-hmm. on Friday. I'm moving on Saturday. I don't want to go. This to is not the time. A CAT scan? Like, yeah. that's so dramatic. Are you kidding me? You know what I mean? And like. What does WebMD say? I don't want to do all that right Yeah, now. what does yeah. WebMD say about all this, you know? Yeah. And so um, so I did it and I went and I got the CAT scan and I got the um, the camera, you know. And and then Friday I was I went to the Final, final appointment. I was like, let me go get peace of mind and mm. just go um, about my life. And they, um, you know, I was sitting there and the doctor said, hey, I want you to look at this. This is, you, you have cancer. And I was like, oh, um, what? Like shocked. Oh I mean, yeah. I was shocked. And, um, you know, I, I didn't know how to process it. My, my both like all three of my grandparents, my mom, my dad have all had cancer. And so there was like so much trauma with cancer. And I was like, oh my God, like, I can't believe that's happening to me. And so, um, it was a big curveball and I was like, oh my God, we're moving on Mm. Saturday. Like what the, what the fuck? This is not the time. This is not the time to do this, you know? And and so, um, you know, when, so basically, you know, very fortunate. Like I was so, so fortunate to, to, it it was a quick cure. I mean, Mm. I was cured of it. It was bladder cancer. Um, it was pretty early and, um, and they cured it. And so it it, like, they cured it like the next week. I mean, they went in, they had the surgery scheduled. I went, had surgery, they took it out. And so that's where the imposter syndrome comes in of me. Like I didn't even have cancer. Like (laughs) it was so quick, you know what I mean? But I did. And it sounds, I'm like the C word, you know what I mean? It sounds so (laughs) dramatic. I hate being dramatic, but, um, um, but it's true. It, it was, it was something that happened, you know, to me and it made me think like a lot. I yeah. mean, I was like, oh my God. And, um, so I went to the going away party and everyone thought I was probably like so boring. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to go home, get some sleep. And they're like, what? You're Little do home? you know. Little do you know. <laughs> and, um, you know, again, very, very fortunate. Like I'm so like, thank my lucky stars mm. that, um, that it was cured. And, and so moving to LA though, I, it was delayed. 
my saint of a roommate drove my vehicle and all of our stuff oh, out here by himself amazing. with oh, wasabi went with him yeah. and uh, the cat. And so, uh, you know, that happened. And then I came out here after the surgery and, you know, I was still healing from mm-hmm. that a little bit. Um, you know, there was, I mean, I was healing from it, end of story. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, so I was taking it very easy when I got here and my instinct whenever I moved to Austin was, um, you know, like, get there and make as many friends as possible, get in the social circles, Mm. meet the people, go to the events, go to the parties. And when I moved here, I just was like, oh, my priorities are just a little different. I just am like so thankful for everything that I have and like my health and like, what am I doing that's not supporting my health, you know? And and how can I be stronger in that once I heal? Because right now I can, you know, I'm like, can't lift things and I can't, you know, and it feels like I'm slightly disabled from my functioning body and I don't like that feeling and what am I doing to either support or not support that and there were a lot of things that I was doing to not support that I mean in Austin I was drinking every weekend I mean if not like I mean I would have a glass of wine or sometimes a bottle of wine Mm, you know on a weeknight you know and no judgment (laughs) you know what I mean literally I think that's something people don't talk about having a bottle of wine by themselves like it's it's a little it's not okay it's not I mean it creeps up on you and again no judgment I did it and whatever I mean sometimes you know I'd be painting and I would be like oh my gosh that's the whole bottle you know but um I would drink a lot and you know I was um vaping and Mm. I was just you know go like (laughs) you are speaking and again, no judgment because yeah. these were all things I was doing yeah. and I didn't see an issue with it, but, um, you know, I was doing it a lot. And, um, so it just kind of opened my eyes to like, okay, what could I do different? Mm. And so when I came here, you know, I started, I said, okay, I'm going to start working out a little bit more and I'm going to be a little bit more intentional about my health and try to learn a little bit more. And I kept hearing about the 75 hard challenge. Mm-hmm. And so, I thought, you know, that could be something I could do. That would really force me, you know, with my extremism ways and my OCD to really commit and do that and lock into it. And so I decided to do it. Um, I was hesitating and my, one of my best girlfriends in Austin was like, let's do it. I'll, I'll do part of it with you and we'll start on October 1st. And I was like, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. And so I did it. And, um, you know, I just felt, I found a lot of like solace in it. I Mm. mean, it it gave me such a directive every day. I was like, I have to get my two workouts in. If you don't know what 75 hard is, it's two workouts a day. One has to be 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, you have to drink a gallon of water. Um, no alcohol. You follow a diet. It can be whatever diet you choose. <laughs> um, and then what am I forgetting? Oh, you have to read ten pages of nonfiction every day. Yes. Um, and then you have to take a progress photo every day, mm-hmm. which was was seventy five days of that. Seventy five days of that. Yeah. yeah. And um, so it really gave me a directive, and and it kind of helped me feel like I was prioritizing my health. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, that's a long answer to the first part of your question. I love it. The discipline part, um, I think, comes from just you know, thinking of these goals and these commitments that you're making as promises to yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if I tell you, Hey court, I'm going to do your podcast, you Mm -hmm. know, on Monday at three o'clock, I'm going to do your podcast on Monday at three o'clock. I'm not going to just not do it for you. You know, I mean, we agreed on it and that's obviously what we we had planned, right? You would probably be confused if I said, Hey, never mind. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) I'm going to show up. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be super like, what? That's disappointing. I would be disappointed. You would be disappointed and you would respect it because Mm -hmm. that's you, but you would be disappointed. And, um, so it's just thinking of it like that. Don't disappoint yourself. You know, what are you, what are you committing to? Mm -hmm. And for me, the 75 part is the commitment and 
and then are you going to let yourself down or not? Mm. And that's how I had the discipline to do it. My God, Jacob, what a life you've experienced, because I want to validate, though, you did experience the big C. And regardless of if they cured it in a week or if it took five years, that getting that diagnosis is I wouldn't even like that's that is major. So. Well, thank you. I want to validate that thank for you. Thank you so much. Because, yeah. And I think um, the universe really takes care of you. And I think it does because you listen to it and you allow yourself to, I think, I feel like you give yourself grace to question what's been, tell, what, what the universe is telling you, but also holding yourself accountable to saying like, if I want better, I'm going to listen to it. And Sorry, I have to swallow. I'm going to cut that out because I know it was like ASMR of like my spit. <laughs> but um, no, like I just think sometimes it's easy to kind of, I think life will take care of us if we allow it to. And life will give to us if we allow it to. And it sounds like you allow life to really show up for you in many ways. And you really take the time to assess what it is that you need. Like even being in touch with your body. That's something that a lot of people don't talk about. Like, it's important to know this is off. This is not working. This is weird. And listening to it and you went online and like did research. Normally I'd be like, mm, it's cool. It's like fine. whatever. Yeah. yeah like, we don't want to believe that things are wrong with us. Yeah. Right? And yeah. It's fear. It, there's some fear in it too. Cause you right. don't want that to happen. Yeah. Of course. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But man, for them to, you know, for you to do that and for them to be able to catch it, like that is really major. So I do encourage everybody to like pay attention to their bodies and be proactive instead of reactive. I'm very reactive. And then I end up with a mess and I'm like, well, why did this happen? And it's like, cause you don't take care of it. Right. right. And I'm not perfect at any of these yeah. things. Right. You're giving me so much credit <laughs> and I appreciate it. Yeah. But it's, it's a learning journey. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's things I'm, I'm constantly working, working on. on. Um, but yeah, that is a good sign to go get your checkups. And yeah. even though we're young, you know, never know, you never know what's yeah. going on. So I kind of want to go into being back into your artistry. Yeah. And you, do you work a nine to five job, a corporate job? I do. Yeah. Yeah. What is it like balancing that? Because I think sometimes for some people getting caught in the rat race of having to work a job while all you want to do is be creative can be stifling. It oh can my be gosh. debilitating. It can be draining. Draining. Yeah. Like there really is a level of discipline to come home from working a corporate job and saying like, I got to work on, you know, something to keep my creative juices flowing. Right. So what do you do at the end of your day or... How do you stay diligent in going to acting classes, even though life is set up that we got to pay our bills? Gotta we got to do, bills. yeah, we got to do, we got to make do. the money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes our creative stuff don't pay the bills. It does not pay the bills. <laughs> I've been paid very small as yeah. a writer. Been paid, but not, not enough. Not what you deserve. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it really, truly what you're saying, I mean, we have to pay the bills. Um, sometimes that's through a nine to five corporate job, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and the goal is to hopefully one day just to be doing what you love, right? Absolutely. Just truly be doing what you love. But until then, the reality is, you know, we got to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I actually heard something um, the other day and I don't know if it's like we shouldn't be giving plugs to other No, give plugs, please, please. This is a resource for this people. This is a resource, yeah, yeah. yeah. But one of my favorite podcasts is the Mel Robbins podcast. She's and amazing. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. And she talks about the um, five stages of your day. Mm. And this is something I've learned recently. And 
I'm like, oh my God, it clicked so hard, mm. especially, you know, I, I find myself not that long ago and still to this day complaining, you know, oh, I don't want to <laughs> do this meeting or this is so draining or mm. like, this is soul sucking to be on this meeting right now with, you know, people that I don't know what their lives are like, you know, and, and I'm very private at work, work and private life. There is a big line between. There's a big yeah. wall right between. We don't. Do not cross. Don't it. cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't cross. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's to protect myself mm -hmm. and, you know, and some people have ulterior motives. Anyways, um, the five stages yeah. of your day. <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. Those, yeah. those, are, those <laughs> sneaky little fools. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the five stages of your day, it's, um, you know, the first stage is stage one, obviously. And it's when you wake up mm. before you touch your phone. And that's just, that's your time. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is your time. And, you know, say you have a meeting at seven and you get up at six, mm -hmm. that one hour is court's time to do whatever you want to do with it, right? Mm -hmm. No interruptions. And then the moment you pick up your phone, that's stage two. And that's when you start giving your time to other people. Mm -hmm. And you know, then you go from stage two um, to kind of, you know, you're now dividing your attention with the phone, the world, you're kind of in there. Um, I might be misquoting this, sorry, Mel, but you know, stage, <laughs> we, get we get the gist, yeah, right? Yeah. Stage three is then, you know, when you're working. So mm -hmm. if you do work a nine to five, a corporate job, you, you're getting paid for that time, mm -hmm. for your energy and for your time. So you really, I don't have a right to complain. If I am working a nine to five job and I'm getting paid for that time, mm -hmm. I have no right to complain about, economy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And I have no right to complain about the time mm -hmm. that, you know, if someone messages me all day long because I'm, that's my job. Mm. Stage four starts when you start winding down from that, you kind of do your evening routine, whatever. Mm. And then stage five is whenever you shut off your devices, mm. your TV, your phone, and you get ready for bed. Now for some people that's, you turn off your phone and you go right to bed because you're sitting there scrolling, doom scrolling mm -hmm. your TikTok and Instagram before you go to bed. Mm. Um, but for some people that's, you know, putting your phone down, setting your alarm, mm. starting your sound machine, whatever it may be, and then going and reading mm. or going and sitting and writing on your laptop or, you know, writing down some, some journal entries or whatever you want to do for the next day. Mm. Um, so it can be really creative time. So the focus is putting it on the, the goal is to put focus on stage one and stage five Okay. Um, if you're working the nine to five, because if you're giving that time up, if I wake up in the morning and I'm, I don't give myself any time in the morning and I just hop right on my first meeting, my, I'm just, just I don't get any time. You're an autopilot. You're an autopilot. Yeah. You don't get any time. You're giving it all away. Yeah. And what I found is that, you know, the more time that I dedicate for myself um, before I start giving it away to other people. Mm -hmm the more present and the more actively I show up for those other people. Mm. And I don't get, you know, I, cause it even can cause frustration. You know, Absolutely. if I, if I sleep in till 6.59 and I have a 7 a.m. meeting and, you know, someone that I love dearly texts me at 7.01 saying, hey, can you blah, 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 blah. I'm like frustrated at them, <laughs> but I'm like, that's you my fault. My day, you but ruined it's my, my day because yeah. you're putting things on me. But really it's my fault mm. that I didn't show up for myself this yeah. morning before having to show up for others. Mm. So for me, that's been my biggest juggle because truly I'm not a corporate <laughs> corporate kind of corporate guy. Kind of guy. <laughs> I'm not. And me I can't either. wait till the day that um, I can just truly do what what I want to do, yeah. but I'm very fortunate for my job. Mm -hmm. I really am. And I do appreciate it. I mean, especially health insurance and all those things. I mean, it's just, it's you know, major. I'm very, yeah, it's major. Yeah. I, I, I had to get out of, cause I used to be that complainer and now complaining is like my number one, like 
I, I can't stand it. And I only I can't, can't either. It's so like it's so difficult to listen to people complain. I mean, and granted, like there's a lot going on in life. Like life today is so different than it was 10 years ago. So I understand it. But right. my mom always says like your nine to five is your it's, it's your every two weeks. It's your stability. I can get my ADHD medication without yeah. having to have health insurance with health insurance, like without having yeah. to fight for it. There's a fact that ADHD medicine here is $413 without insurance. Oh my God. I pay 35 a month. Like I can't yeah. complain. You, yeah. yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. But I love that you said like giving yourself that time. Cause I think it's really for myself and I try not to bring myself into so much of this conversation, but no, I, love it. I, I, I can't help it. Sorry. It's your podcast. Babe. <laughs> Maybe it's the Leo in me. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I really used to get so mad. Like I should not be doing this. Like this is not fair. And it's like, why is this not fair? If, if when you take it away, so many people would love to be in the position That's of, right. you know, waking up every day and, and jumping on a meeting. But That's right. yeah. I think the discipline that you talked about and really setting yourself up to say, look, you might not want to wake up 30 minutes earlier, but you got to do it so that you can enjoy your day, enjoy your life and not make the other people around you suffer for the self-harm that you're giving yourself by not taking care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That you're doing to yourself. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, So I guess you are a very spiritual person, That's right? Correct. You yeah. just talked to me a little bit about Joshua Tree, yes. which I love. I want to go back so bad. Oh, very it's soon. amazing. Highly Beautiful. recommend. Yeah. It was great. And um, just kind of tapping into, like you said, you were going to do a reading and you were going to do these things. I think that there is a balance that needs to be had with, because we can fall into toxic positivity. It's really mm-hmm. easy to fall into constant self-help without helping ourselves. Sure. And... When do you say, okay, enough is enough. I need to apply this to my life or I need to continue to go like, okay, sorry, let me back up. No, For I instance, yeah. <laughs> my friends and I, we were getting readings done pretty okay. often, like every 30 to 60 days. Take me with you next time. Oh my God, let's do it. <laughs> we actually do it online, but I really want to go to somebody in person. Like yeah. that's my goal. But we kind of told ourselves for the next 90 days, no readings, like allow life to just be what it is because sure. the confirmation um, can be addicting. Yeah. So when do you tell yourself, okay, I've done enough of the spiritual work. Let me go into action. Or when do you say, let me stop scrolling the self-help TikTok page and really put that, you know, into action? Mm, that's a great question. Um, yeah, because I think there can be a lot of toxic positivity. I mean, which I mean, which sounds it's ironic. Yeah. Toxic positivity. What? Like <laughs> how can positivity be toxic? How is it toxic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it can be if it's just if it's blind, right? If you're blinded mm. just and you're just applying like a positivity band-aid mm. over anything bad that happens. Oh, it could one of my I, I hate this phrase. <laughs> it can always be worse. That's I'm sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> But do not invalidate somebody's experience. Right. That is so invalidating. Right. And it Maybe makes this me so bad mad. Yeah, yeah, like wait, this yeah. might take me over the edge. The yeah. mountain is not far. I could jump. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. right. And to me, that's a, pos- a positivity band-aid of, well, I don't want to actually address and talk about what's really going on mm. and these feelings, these difficult feelings that are arising. So I'm just going to say, let's silence it and just say it could be worse. Mm. And then we don't need to talk about it. It's like, what's that doing? Right. That's not doing anything. Mm -hmm. So I think trying to avoid these, you know, colloquialism, what is that word? Colloquialism. Colloquialism. Do you know what it is? Colloquialism. 
colloquialism. Thank there you. We go. <laughs> um, you know, trying to avoid these, like mm-hmm. the, it could always be worse, right? And, and avoiding those kind of instances. Mm-hmm. Um, and and my thing is like, you know, when I was first getting into like the mental health awareness. Mm-hmm kind of vibe. I don't know if that's a, like a vibe. We want to call it a vibe, but like, it's you know, right. whenever I was starting to realize like, oh my gosh, mental health is such an important thing. And like, let me talk about it. It's mm-hmm. great. I would talk about it to anyone that would listen. I mean, I was like, do you want to talk about mental health? What is let's your trauma? Let's, let's, your, let's, let's, let's figure out all your of our trauma. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm kind of over that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's great. And if a Someone in my close circle, it comes to protecting energy, right? If someone Mm. in my close circle needs to talk about something, absolutely, let's talk about it. Mm. But my goal is that if I've kind of conquered something and I've mastered it, Mm -hmm. I'm going to put it to bed. Mm. Like, I don't want to keep talking about it and being it to, you know, a pulp because it's done. It's over. And I've made peace with it. I've healed myself through what I needed to heal through. Mm. And so I'm going to put it to bed and we're going to set fire to it. We're not going to talk about it. Unless we need to talk about it as like a reference or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it can become so drowning whenever you always are talking about your traumas and your mm-hmm. healing. And, you know, you kind of become one of those people. It's like, oh, my God, I don't want to go over to Court's <laughs> house because that girl's just going to talk to me about her trauma and All her the healing time. the whole time. And what I is just, new today? And I just want to talk about the latest episode of whatever yeah, and yeah, drink some yeah. wine, you know. And, and so trying to avoid that. There's mm-hmm. a time and a place for it. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to find the right times and the right places for it. Putting the things to bed that you need to put to bed. Mm-hmm. Um and then avoiding those positivity band-aids. Absolutely. Yeah. I think at one point in my life, I developed a bit of savior complex because I was so aware, hyper aware of everything. Like, ooh, you don't organize this way. You might have ADHD. You don't do this. You might, you know, might have tism. Dr. Court. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Court. I was like <laughs> diagnosing everybody. And then I realized it was like, that was a way to band-aid avoiding my own issues so I could diagnose everybody with everything else. And I had to realize that like my experience is not other people's experience. Sure, We are all an extension of each other, very well connected, but spending that time to just spin your wheels on what's going on is sometimes debilitating rather than just moving forward. Like sometimes you just got to keep it moving and figure out, you know, what's next and how to address the next thing. And I feel like there's, I like what you said there yeah. about, you know, I mean, cause it's, there's something beautiful about that, about you wanting to tell your friends like, oh my God, I think you might have ADHD <laughs> or you might, you know, because you're, you've experienced it and now you're trying to help them right. grow. Um, and I, another lesson I've learned is like, mm-hmm. you have to let people learn their own lessons. They got to learn it they themselves. They got to learn it themselves. And I used to try to do mm. that too. I would always try to apply it or mm. be like, you know what, let's talk about this or let's talk about that. Mm. And it's like there's some block that the right. universe is like, you can't tell them that. They got to learn that on themselves. And what you know? right do you have to be the person that tells them that? That's my job. That's my own you job. You do your own thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I just learned that recently, actually, with a friend that I was like, you know what? If they call, my my response now for advice is what would you? what is the best decision for you to make in this scenario? Mm. And what would you typically do? And then I would ask like, do you want my perspective based off of what I've experienced? Not just like, you need to block them. You need to do this. You need to text them this. Like, that's not, I don't, that's not my that's responsibility. A mind, that's a really mindful way to do it. I like yeah. that. Yeah. You kind Sorry. of let them give themselves advice exactly. first. Cause that's, they have good advice. They're just not, they don't know how, we don't they, know how to give it to ourselves sometimes. Man. Yeah. I yeah. can, man, I, 
let me tell you something. I've read so many self-help books. I can tell y'all everything, but you come to me and try to tell me, I'm like, what do you know? What are you like, talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like that. No, I love that. Um, I feel like there is, um, I feel like you give yourself a lot of grace, like I said previously. And as a creative, there's this stigma that we have to create all the time. If you're not creating all the time, you're not a creative person. If you're not writing, you're not a writer. If you're not painting, you're not a painter or an artist. How often do you express your creativity? And do you feel like it's something that you have to continuously do throughout mm -hmm. your life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that question. Um, because you're right, I think there is, um, if no one else is putting the pressure on the creatives, the creatives are putting it on themselves. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what am I, how, what's validating me that I'm an artist? What's validating me that I'm a musician? Mm. Um, what's validating me that I'm a writer? Yeah. And, you know, I think, um, the, I think that we could debunk the myth that you have to continuously create mm. to be considered whatever you're considering yourself, mm -hmm. right. Or whatever you want to consider yourself. Um, you, I think there's such a, truth to creative blocks you know i think that those are so real um people experience these moments of i don't i can't create i don't know why i can't you know whether whatever it is right yeah. um but there's so many ways i think um that we can inspire ourselves and be creative yeah um and i think it for me at least it roots a lot of it back to what is my most childlike wondrous mm. state and how can I get there? Because if I'm there, oh my gosh, you remember being a child? Dude. Making up all these stories in my head. I'd be climbing trees. Living I'm the like, best life. Just your I was best, digging up worms. Digging up worms. <laughs> and you were like so blissful, yeah. happy. Um, yeah. You yeah. just, you saw everything through such a positive, beautiful lens of opportunity and imagination. Mm. And so for me, um, you know, really being, even being in the acting class has helped me realize this because I'm in there with a lot of other creatives yeah. and, you know, we'll set goals for ourselves each week. And, you know, one of them will say this week, I think I'm going to write a poem mm. or this week, I think I'm going to go on a hike mm. or this week, I think I'm going to, um, get my watercolors out. I haven't wa done watercolor ever or before, you know, or mm. recently. And I'm like, wait, you're a writer. Why are you doing watercolor? <laughs> or, you know, wait, you're, you know, a painter. Yeah. What's hiking have to do with anything? But for me, I say hiking because I go hiking right. now damn near every day. Really? Yeah. I do running I Canyon like every day. Let's go sometime. I love Let's hiking. go soon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's so quick and easy. Yeah. And, um, for me, I just, I go and I just, it's like being a little kid. I mean, I mentioned I climbed trees and mm -hmm. things when I was a little kid and I loved being outside. I would always forget my shoes. I was always barefoot. Mm. I was always climbing things and outside and me and my cousins would run around in the pasture and whatever. Love that. Um, and an so adult for me, playground. an adult playground. Mm -hmm. And so for me, just going on a hike and like taking the little path that's like not as taken or just going out there and like staring up at the sunset mm. or whatever it may be. I do my absolute best at thinking and I have my best, most creative ideas on those hikes. Mm. That's why I go every day now. Cause yeah. I'm like, wait, I, that was part of the 75 hard. I would, mm. my outdoor exercise, I used running Canyon a lot yeah. to do that. And it was easy and it was accessible. And now I'm like, okay, I'm definitely keeping that part because it, it is so creative for me. Mm. Even though you'd think hiking isn't an art, but it's dude, you can, people literally hike for a living. Like it could be something super big for people. Like, yeah, yeah whatever sparks your imagination mm -hmm. and helps you create. Right. Yeah. And so, mm. um, anyway, debunking <laughs> the myth that you have to continuously create, you can just do things that inspire you. Mm. And I think that's just as beautiful. Yeah.
I um I'm really big on people trying new things. Like mm-hmm. I'm kind of I do not like this term. It is overused, but I'm in my era, you know, like blank era. I can't yeah, stand okay, it. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Literally, yeah, Taylor Swift. <laughs> Swifties, but I'm in my like fail fail safe era. Like right. I'm okay with failing if I try something new and I really it's want amazing. Yeah, people to experience that. But um, I think as an artist, there's like, I've written a lot of like EPs that I never put out and I felt like I failed, but it's I've like- I've heard some of your music. It's beautiful. Are you, are you serious? Yeah, I'm friends with your brother. Why would you he- You don't think he's playing that for me? This is my imposter syndrome. I don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> Court is a very talented singer. Thank you should you. listen to her music. Thank you. I appreciate it. But it's like, I, 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 I hear you when you say like, there's this- version of imposter syndrome or like I can't do these different things but I think there's other mediums that like this podcast comes more naturally sometimes than Mm. writing songs like I don't want to put my my head in that space so I can appreciate you saying like be a kid enjoy life try new things it's really really helpful you doing this podcast is a perfect example yeah Yeah, of of stretching your creative limits and Mm. and doing something different you know if you need a break from the writing every now and then this is a hyper creative, yeah. like this podcast. Yeah. It's fun. I have Trey though. He helps me. If I had to do this by myself, dude, <laughs> I'd be sick. Trey's and he got puts all up, the lights up in here. Yeah. All the lights, the cameras. The he puts up with cords. my shit. My God. We'll talk about that another day. Sorry, Trey. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay. So I'm reading my, I'll cut this part out. I'm reading my questions. Oh, yeah. I have one. Um, okay. This is a good one. So what would you tell yourself five years from now or five years ago? one year ago, and what do you hope to embody five years from now? Mm. These questions are difficult because I'm definitely, this podcast is about going with the flow, but I also think there has to be a little bit of awareness for, you know, our future and stuff. So we're five years ago, we're in like, what, 2019? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was in Dallas. What would I tell myself five years ago, one year ago? Mm-hmm. That's the question? Yeah, and then five years from now. And then five or years. Who do, you, who do you hope to, embo- what do you hope to embody five years from now? Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so five years ago, Mm. mm, you know, I think five years ago I was so stuck in my head. Mm. I was so, I was so in my head and, um, I was trapped in there and, you know, I think, um, I don't know. I mean, if (laughs) I had to tell myself something five years ago, I think I would say, Hey, just breathe, listen to your intuition. Mm -hmm and go where you know you're meant to go and like you'll be okay i think i would tell myself that five years ago um just to give myself some peace tell myself to chill the fuck out and take a motherfucking (laughs) breath dude like it's not that deep it's not that deep it's not that serious we don't need to put yourself in this like despair that you're putting yourself through you know and it was truly despair like i was putting myself i was like desperate to get out of that Mm. mental state and so yeah telling myself that Mm. And also telling myself that you have everything you need to be healthy mentally inside of you. Mm. You know, I think that would have been important for me to know because I'm a big advocate for, you know, if somebody needs medication for Mm -hmm. their mental state, totally support. And, you know, I've been, I've heard of it as kind of like medication can help make your basketball court smooth, Mm. like make you a nice slick basketball court so you can play, so you can learn to Mm -hmm. play basketball. And then once you're like, Shaq, you can like probably play in some third world country on some clay, <laughs> rocky cliff. Right. You could probably dribble a ball, you know, yeah. but 
At first, you probably need the the smooth court to learn. Just to get the the skills, the, the fundamentals down. The fundamentals down. and mm. the, the footing. And so, you know, um, but at the time, I mean, I was like, I was throwing medications. I was like, <laughs> what can I take to make myself happy? And mm. it was all in here. It wasn't something external that I could do. It was all in here that yeah. I needed to learn. So that would be my advice. And then a year ago, um, a year ago, I was in Austin. What is it? It's December. Mm-hmm. So I had been in Austin for like a year at this point and I was still learning so much Mm. and I was still struggling so much with different things. But I think I would tell myself, um, it's something that I'm not, I haven't mastered, but I think I would tell myself, Hey, don't worry about so so much what other people think. Mm. Don't worry about them. They don't matter. It's a big thing. man. That does not fucking matter. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the biggest holdups that I probably have experienced in my life is caring mm. what other people think about things. Because nine times out of 10, people are thinking about themselves. Nine they're times out of 10, they're not even you. thinking about you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're like giving main character energy, walking down the street, thinking Dude. all eyes on us, but yeah. And nobody. somebody's walking by thinking like, how am I going to pay for gas today? Like, they're yeah. Not or like, about Oh my you. God, that person's looking at me or right, something. Right, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. And so I think I would say, don't, don't worry about mm. what other people think. And then five years from now, what I would hope to embody mm-hmm. Um, I would hope to embody just living my truest self, Mm. my true self in its truest form, not caring what another soul thinks about it. Mm. That would be what I hope to embody five years from now, because like I said, I'm still working on it. Um, as much as I'd like to say, I don't care what anyone thinks. I I definitely do. I definitely do. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's something that I'm, I'm working actively to extinguish it, Mm. to get rid of it and to just embrace creativity and whatever I, whatever brings me light, whatever feels my fire to create, Mm. put it out there. Don't care. I love that. Even when it's messy, even when it's, it's, it's not perfect. Um, I absolutely, I think that speaks back to something that you said, like when you left Dallas, it's because you were kind of stuck in the status quo Mm -hmm. of doing things. And that was a big reason why I left too, was I felt like my life was just like spinning circles of the same thing, the same people, the same crowds, the same, I had adopted this idea that this was the life I was supposed to live. Yeah. And it's like, I, I looked up one day and I was like, whoa, my perspective could be so much bigger, but it's, it's, it's very small. And I really struggle, I think still to this day with, you're kind of in the place that I would love to be in. And I'm trying to get there. Oh. Like. In what regard? I had a really tough conversation with myself last night and I feel like I lie to myself a lot about where I'm at, but I'm really not there. But I try to form this version of myself to make myself feel better about what I'm not doing. So we're going to need an elaboration. Where do you tell yourself you were at (laughs) and why do you think you're not there? So I like, I don't know. It's like sometimes I try to excuse maybe things that I've experienced in the past for why I don't do certain things for myself, why I don't take care of myself in certain ways when it's like, that could be true, but it doesn't have to be the truth. Mm. And then also, I think sometimes even the people are, I'm not a liar, like, oh, I just lie about random shit, but it's more of like my my well-being, my state of mind, where what I'm actually doing. So I can make things feel bigger than they really are because... Like issues bigger or accomplishments bigger? Or Or no issues. I Mm. would say like, oh my God, I'm so tired. But it's like, I'm really not. I just don't want to do what I have to do. So me telling somebody that or like, oh, I worked on this all day. You did, but it really wasn't that difficult. You just don't want to do the next thing that you need to get done to get where you need to be. Mm. So I, I do a lot of like 
what do you call it? Fluffing a little bit. Yeah. Just to make myself feel better about the fact that I'm not being dis- disciplined in in what I need to do. And I think um, you said something that was like just being honest and being open with yourself, but also not... I'm starting to think my wheels are spinning, so I'm trying to like no, yeah, put it. it all together. No. But I think there's like a place that we have to get to that is just like grace, but also honesty, being truthful, being open, but not expecting too much. Like I said, five years from now, like you're like, I just want to be the best person that I can be, but also being honest with why in five years you might not get there based on what we're doing today. If mm. that makes sense. I just feel like I went in a big circle, but. Well, what I like you say, I mean, basically with you say that you, you know, you want to be almost where I'm at, but mm-hmm. then I'm kind of sitting here going court. You have a podcast <laughs> that is in amazing form. Mm. I'm super inspired by you putting your true self out there. You're pushing me to put my true self out mm. there and, to me, that's like inspiration, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, that's inspirational because I think we get stuck. I mean, we get stuck in not doing what, um, mm-hmm. you know, we know we're meant to do. And um, I think we have two ADHD minds here, like <laughs> tracking around. Just with, trying like, to like making dip circles, into everything. Yeah. In. yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, yeah. Essentially, I, it's... But it's, it, it, I think it connects back to the imposter syndrome because for me, it's like, yeah, I have this podcast, but like mentally, my mental health right now is like not bad, but it's not the best. But I, you're inspired by me. I'm inspired by you. But at the same time, it's like, we never feel like what we're doing is good enough mm. sometimes. So yeah. it's okay to just be like, you're doing enough, but also don't lie to yourself and feel like you're doing more than what you're doing to stay in a comfortable place. I think that's kind of where I'm at is like, right. Don't, don't get caught up in all the, I think that it's easy to make constant to-do lists. Mm -hmm. I mean, I will stay busy all day long Mm. and a lot of it's resistance to what I know I need to do. Mm -hmm. Say I want to uh, create a new reel or something Mm. like that. Right. I'm like, I want to make another reel. Right. And so, um, you know, I'm going to do that. Well, but first I got to go exchange that (laughs) shirt that I bought. And I don't know if I liked that Mm -hmm. pair of shoes, actually. I think I might take them back again. And then my car needs to be Mm -hmm. washed. Um, And then I need to go hiking, which that is an important part of my day. But, um, you know, then I should, I don't know. Let me cook dinner first. Cook dinner. Yeah, yeah, I need to go to the grocery store. It's like, wait, you have to carve out the time Mm. for yourself to do what is top priority. And if top priority for you is your podcast, if mm-hmm. top priority for you is writing and you know that that's going to fuel your creative fire and mm-hmm. make yourself the most proud of you that you can be like, you know what I mean? Those are the hardest things to do. Yeah. So carve that time out and do those things. And, and, you know, it's tough for me, especially like OCD mind. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, the car really needs to be washed. <laughs> like it got dusty overnight, now, you know, then and it's not going to be it good needs to be yeah. done. And I want the, the vibe to be icy mm-hmm. when I'm driving around later <laughs> and it to be all fresh and clean when Absolutely. I'm doing these things that I, you know, want to create, I can't create if I'm not in a clean car. Uh-uh. Dude, you did not write that down. And something I've started doing is like, and this is new and mm-hmm. I'm preaching to the, like, I'm preaching to myself mm-hmm. because it's something I'm working on, but making myself just a prioritized to-do list the night before mm. I go to bed, I lay in bed. I just, it's in my notes. It's messy. It's called a folder called daily to do. And okay. I just put the name of the, the day of the week, Monday. Mm-hmm. And I say, okay, tomorrow you need to wake up 
by seven. Mm. If you're going to have a, you're, you can't wake up any later than that. Mm. It's going to just, it's going to derail your day. And you're going to be frustrated. Everyone that comes in contact with you, wake up at seven, go on your hike, mm. cook yourself breakfast, like a full breakfast, have mm. put the everything, everything you want to make the bacon, put the, <laughs> put everything, the oatmeal, the, hash cut the banana up and hash brown, whatever put will make you fulfill, yeah. do it. And then, um, go sit at the coffee shop. This was today. Yeah. I was like, go sit at the coffee shop because if you don't go sit there and journal before you meet with court, mm. you're going to be frazzled. Your mind's going to be all over the place. You're going to be nervous. You're not going to feel like your thoughts mm. are organized. So you have to go do that tomorrow. Otherwise mm. you're going to be super disappointed in yourself. And mm. so for me, that's been such a tool to just make a little messy to-do to -do list. list the mm. night before because I'm not a morning person and mm. I wake up <laughs> and I, the last thing I want to do is wake up. I don't, it's so silly. I'm like, <laughs> I could be going to fucking Disney World. Literally. Like literally the happiest fucking Dude. place on earth. And then I'm like, I don't want, I don't care. I'll just yeah. would rather not go to Disney World today. I just want to be in my bed. I want to be in my bed. But it, it's four or five o'clock in the morning. I, like if I've been up all day, oh my God, keep me up to four or five. I will watch the sunrise and yep. then go to sleep Same. all day. Yeah. I'm such yeah. a night owl. And so for me, getting myself excited the night before and putting a stop, that's the mm -hmm. hard part with the night owls is putting a stop saying, no, it is like one in the morning. You, you got to go to bed. You have to go to bed. Mm -hmm. Sleep is such a big part of our mental state and yeah. our, our, our physical state, everything. It's, mm -hmm. it's so integral. And so put going to bed, down. put the phone down, mm -hmm. put the to-do list, get yourself excited for the next day. And then when you wake up and you're sitting there going, I don't want to get up. Mm. It's like, wait, but I'm excited today because I need to go. I, I got to be up because mm. I got to go hike so that I can have a great day. And I got to go to the coffee shop because I want to have a great day. Mm -hmm. So you get excited about getting up to have a great fucking day. Yeah. Otherwise it's like my morning state can't think that yeah. way. So it's, you know, definitely about if you're okay with being comfortable, you'll stay comfortable. If not, yeah. getting up early is not comfortable for me. I mm -hmm. don't want to do me it either. But I've actually started doing to do lists. I just bought a big whiteboard. So I have like I a love month. It. I have yeah. a dry erase in my room yeah. too. Yeah. It's so I love a dry erase. I'm me such too. like a Virgo moon. Like I have a Virgo stellium. So I'm like always like, <laughs> give me, I have like eight notebooks. I cannot have enough notebooks, yeah, but I'm very visual too. Yeah. It's like my morning to-do list is literally like, wake up, step out of bed, make your bed, feed Max, go to the bathroom, brush your teeth. Like it's that detailed like that, yeah. because if not, then it's like, I promise y'all I would, I, I wouldn't get anything done. You know, it's important. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to put those things to get ready. Mm -hmm. Take supplements you like literally. down to the detail because otherwise it's like, if I just say, get up and do your morning thing, it's like, what's my morning thing? Yeah. I'll, I'll stay in my pajamas, mm -hmm. whatever, sweats <laughs> and messy hair and everything until 2 p.m. And then I'm like in a bad mood and it's like, bitch, you haven't washed your face. <laughs> you have not you forgot washed that your step. ass. You haven't washed your ass. <laughs> Is Literally. that an integral part of the day? <laughs> you should wash your ass. I hope you do. You should but... wash, yeah. <laughs> no, everything. my mom calls it flying by the seat of your pants. Just... Yeah going in and not doing too much. But. Yeah. So we're going to play a game. Okay. Are you ready? So there's been this viral clip going around where people are asking this specific question. Okay. But the difference is on my podcast, we have a coin. Y'all have not been using the coin, but we have the coin. We and I'm coin. also going to make Trey answer this question. Okay. okay. So the question is, would you take $100,000 wired to your bank account okay. right now? Sounds nice. Yes. Or flip a coin for $10 million? How much? A hundred thousand? Mm -hmm. Or flip a coin for ten million? Oof. <laughs> that is a good question. 
Oh, you know, I think I would. I mean, my intuition tell me I would take the hundred thousand. You would. Okay. Yeah, just because I think I would be so fucking mad at myself if I like flipped that damn coin and it was like zero. Yeah, yeah. That's valid. Yeah. That's valid. I, yeah. I feel like a lot of people would take the hundred thousand. Yeah, because I could do a lot with that. Trey. Trey. Um, I don't really know, but I feel like, like I like my life. And like, so if I, I think I would flip the coin. Oh, good. Let it ride. <laughs> because like, if I got $10 million, my life would be very different. But if I didn't, I would still have my life as it yeah. is right now, which I'm okay with. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I feel like I, I feel like if I took the hundred thousand, I'd always kind of wish that I flipped the coin, you know? Yeah. I'm on the same page. True. Like, like, and I feel your answer, hardcore. Yeah. yeah. Like, I definitely feel that. Mine all or nothing, though. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think I would be, I think I would be almost mad at myself if I took the hundred thousand. Okay. You know. Well, uh, that's valid that reasoning. Valid you can just reasoning. stay right here because we, unless you want to go. <laughs> We're about to flip the coin. Oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. We're gonna flip we'll it. Find out. Okay. So yeah. I would flip the coin as well, but I would not flip it. If I had like kids and like had responsibilities, I'd probably take the hundred thousand. But I don't have kids, and like you said, my life now, I don't have the extra hundred k. So if I don't have it already, might as well. But I feel you. Like I. It, that was a tough battle for me. It's like gambling when you it's go to casino. It's gambling, yeah. yeah. And I just feel like I'm a lucky girl. Okay. So we'll the see. coin has to land on heads. Do you want to find out your fate first or me first? You answer first, you go first. Okay. <laughs> so heads is going to be it. 10 million. Yeah, the head is going to be 10 million. Tails is nothing. So should we flip it here? Yeah. Oh my God. Not ready? Yeah. Oh <laughs> my God! You would have made a great choice. I got ten mil. I got ten mil. I Damn. love that. Okay, good Damn, choice. Damn, I wish this game was real. Real, yeah. <laughs> All right, you ready? I don't know how to flip a coin. Do you want to flip it? Sure. That I was have, a great flip trade. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm gonna try. Um, okay, so heads is my ten mil. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a really good flip. I'm just gonna like kind of do a ghetto. Like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Where'd it go? Where'd it went heads. Oh, I would have been so okay. mad at myself. Good thing this game's not real. All right, Trey. This is your. All right. Mud? Yeah. Right. Ready? I'm just going to do a ghetto too. You're going to prove me wrong. No, no, no. I rigged this point. <laughs> it's like two heads. It's all heads. <laughs> all right. Hey. Oh. hey! Okay, so I'm we, the fool here. Yeah, I should have. We all got it. 10 mil. Thank you, Trey. <laughs> yeah, and so much. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for joining me on this game. <laughs> I'm happy for you guys. That's Thank you. Yeah. So who can we talk? Who got the 10 mil? <laughs> but I, I wanted to play that because I think it's really. I feel like life is just a big gamble. You never know what you're gonna get. You never know what's gonna happen. But I also understand security and stability. So. Maybe me like a year ago, I would have taken the 100K, but right now I'm just kind of like, fuck it. Fuck it. Just what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. yeah. I so it. I support you and okay. your decision. Even though it was like debunked. Like, I mean, yeah, but like, who knows? Like, maybe if you, they should add the option of like, okay, but if you flip the coin, you still get the 10 million. You know, that oh, would be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> That'd be really cool, actually. Yeah. 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 100, huh? Or 100,000. 100,000. Yeah, yeah. I was like, 10, yeah, everyone wins. Yeah, everybody gets something. Well, um, I want to play one more game. Okay, let's do it. And I want to ask you if in five years, for the next five years, 
if all of your bills were paid, all of your needs were met, you literally could wake up every day and do whatever you want to do. Mm. What would be the first thing that you do? And what would the next, maybe let's go with the year of your life. What would that look like? Mm. So all my bills are paid mm -hmm. and I can just do whatever I want. Yeah. I don't have unlimited money to do whatever I want. Mm. I'm just, I didn't think that through. <laughs> my current lifestyle is paid for. Yeah, and you could have some funds, you know. Okay. Not unlimited. You're not a Nepo baby, but you are taking care of. But like I'm of. quitting my job. Yeah. I'm living my life. Yeah. I have plenty of money and not worried about bills. You can eat. You can maybe travel a little travel. bit. You okay. can, yeah, take care of yourself. There's a lot of options. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, what would I do? Um, you know, I think I would... I would just work really hard to really? towards my goals. Like, mm. and I would, and part of that is, you know, my goals are to create, right? Mm -hmm. And so part of that's to inspire. So I would definitely be traveling. Nice. Definitely be traveling. Um, but I would just be working really hard to create and to build my own kind of brand and my mm. own kind of income stream because mm -hmm. I would want to be self-sufficient later after the bills weren't being paid. I would want to, I would want, you know, money is only so much. I think the self-gratification from creating something you're proud of is the bigger piece for me. Absolutely. And I think that's what I'm yearning for is to create something that I'm proud of. Mm. Um, and then to be like, be able to give to like, my parents who have mm. given me everything. You know what I mean? That's like my dream. Like Absolutely. if I could one day just, they have like everything they need. They don't <laughs> need me, but back. like giving back yeah. and like doing something really special for them because saying they've given you. me everything. Saying thank you. Yeah. That's like my biggest goal. Yeah. Mm, I agree. I definitely, it's interesting because I, I asked this question because I saw a lot of people answering on TikTok and a lot of them, their answers were do nothing. And I asked my mom, I also asked her the, the flip coin question. She said, take a hundred K. So you guys are aligned. Me and aligned. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, a lot of their answers were like, I wouldn't work. I wouldn't do anything. I would just sleep. And I thought the complete opposite too, like work really hard. Yeah. Um, you free have, up all that space, the zone two through three yeah. or four or whatever it is. You it's just clear no that excuses. No but excuses. on the other side of that, I, I have been in that position when I was younger, you know, um, Thankfully, my mom took care of me until I was 23 and I didn't have to work. I did work because I like working, but right. I found that doing that, I just went buck wild. Like there was no structure. There was no anything. But I think in today's time, I would do the same thing. Right. Like just work hard. I think you would. I know you would. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm My life of like partying and letting loose, y'all, it's done. <laughs> I am an old woman. I just want to be on the Never couch with Max. Couch. Yeah, yeah, wine. <laughs> Maybe get a wasabi. Yes. <laughs> get another cat. But um, yeah, I, I just always, I'm curious because I, I want to know where people are at. Is it like, I'm done with life, I'm exhausted? Or if it's like, I still want to work hard, but work hard in the way that I want to be able to. Yeah. And I agree with giving back to my parents. That's my goal as well. So. Uh, I feel really good. Yeah. And I think the work part is what fuels me the most. You know, it's like the biggest resistance there, yeah. but it's also the most gratification. Absolutely. Well, my last question is um, what agreeing to do this podcast, like what is something maybe that I didn't ask or maybe that you've been thinking about lately that you want to be able to express and tell our listeners or if you did have advice for them outside of what I've asked, like where are you at <clears throat> mentally and what do you wish you could tell somebody just like random on the street on a, mm. you know, a random day? Mm. You know, 
I'm surprised this answer is coming to me right now because mm. I was about to be like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I've covered everything. <laughs> but, um, you know, last night I was in, um, I was having such a block. I was, I was sitting at my computer and I was like, get this done, like mm. get this work done that you want to do it. You want to do it so bad and you're not doing it. Yeah. Um, and so I couldn't, I couldn't get it done. And so I Googled like, um, I don't even remember what I Googled. I just Googled something to try to inspire myself. Yeah. And this random talk came up and it was like a Ted talk. And basically it, it made me start crying because um, it was, the message was pretty simple. It was just, Hey, start, start now, mm. like start where you're at with what you have start now. Like you have to start now because you never will otherwise. Like you, you, yeah. you can always wait for this or that to align or that this more money or mm. more clothes or a better place to live or whatever it is you're working on. You're all, I think we always make excuses for like, so I'm, I want to get everything ready and then I'm going to start. But it's like, it's never going to be ready. It's never going to be ready. Yeah. And something you said earlier is, you know, it has to be messy. Mm. If, 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 if it's all refined, you're not growing, you're not learning. Start now, start messy, start yeah. with what you have and it'll be beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I really, I love that you said that because I've asked that question a few times and I think that's not saying y'all's answers weren't great, but that was like one of my favorite because I think um, even doing this podcast, like I know I have, I'm able to have help, but even if it was on my phone and just like with these mics, I would do it that way. Like it doesn't have yeah. to look perfect. Personally, I refuse to have less than what I want. <laughs> so I get it, but it's like- yeah. Even when I mess up or if we mess up or you, you know, things aren't looking the way that you want them to make that your content. Like the fact that you fucked up or the yeah. fact that it's not perfect. Make that your content because people want to see people live real life and have to kind of people want to see the progress. They want to see um, the process of getting to where we are. That's quote unquote perfect, but it'll mm. never be perfect. Cause we're always growing. They gave me chills. Yeah, yeah. They gave me chills. They want to see the messy part. They yeah. want to see the growth. They want to see the progress. Like you said, because if you just show them the end result, they're going to think they can never get there. Yeah. But if you show them the way, they're, they're going to be... know that they could do it too. Yeah. Inspired to do it. Inspired. Well, Jacob, thank you so much. Thank you, do you so feel much good for about having this? me. I feel great about this. This I'm is so such glad. a, yeah, I'm so, I'm so happy you asked me to do this. I'm glad you got to see me in this light this time instead of this like. This is great light. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you got to see me in this light too. <laughs> you know, this is great lighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Trey. You look great regardless. I, you walked out of the Dream Hotel. I was like, man, he is so handsome. The Dream Hotel. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> He's so handsome. But um, You're beautiful too. You guys can follow Jacob. What's your, oh, can I ask you this yeah i looked up how do you say your last name is it german it's german okay yeah. can i tell you what the google pronunciation oh please vocal okay vocal. i no, kind of like that whatever that was it yeah was like vocal or something yeah it's like Felkel. like Ooh. that's like the super german okay. like Felkel. but um Flirt. my family is like kind of americanize it and it's like vocal vocal okay. but it's it's truly like Falco. Okay. Yeah. 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 Falco. Yeah. I love your, it's a beautiful last name. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, thank you. Thank you so much. Where can they find you on like Instagram, all of these places? Because I think you guys should watch his content. It's really great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My, um, 
I don't know if you're gonna have to cut this now because I'm throwing you a curveball, but I actually just created a new Instagram and a new TikTok. I want to start what? fresh. Okay, I yeah, love that. I want to like a whole fresh new slate. And yeah. so I guess I'll give that one. Just do that. Yeah. yeah it's I at, think you should. I haven't even done the profile picture or posted one thing. You're so gonna get some followers from this. Yeah, so that's it's good. at Jacob, J-A-C-O-B, and then V-O-L-K-E-L. Okay. And the reason for that is because I super leaned into the German thing and Mm -hmm. I did the O with the little two dots. The dots, dots? yeah. (laughs) My uncle was like, he loved it because he's super like into the German thing. And I was like, yeah, you can like get rid of the E with the two dots. So we're doing the V-O-L-K-E-L. So it's at Jacob, V-O-L-K-E-L. Perfect. Yeah. I'm going to follow you and I'm going to put it up on the screen. Um, But yeah, thank you again. Thanks for it. I appreciate you. Thank you.